Girlwise is a safe space to learn and discuss all kinds of topics through anecdotes and evidence-based research. I'm your host, Brenda Nicole, and welcome to Girlwise. Hello, and welcome back to episode 14. So this episode is going to be a little bit longer. I am finally back on track with my upload schedule. So hopefully episodes from now on can be slightly longer because I no longer have to work on multiple at a time. Today, I'm going to talk about green and red flags. Some episodes ago, I spoke about the biggest green and red flags in romantic relationships. Today, I wanted to address them in friendships specifically. I have had many ups and downs with friendships in the past, and during college one day, I looked around and became really disheartened when I realized that all I had were completely empty acquaintances that I called friends. I had always had a lot of friends growing up and was super confused as to how I got there, but when I took a step back and reflected on what kind of friend I had become... I knew I had to change. Hey everyone! Before we begin, I wanted to give a clear and important disclaimer to ensure that listeners understand the limitations of the advice given on this podcast. I am not a professional or expert on the topics being discussed, and you should always use your own judgment when it comes to where you stand on a subject and making decisions. While I do my best to direct you in what I think is the right direction, it is always wise to consult with a qualified professional when seeking advice on a particular issue. References will be in the show notes so you can take a look at the places I'm getting my information from as well. You know your own story and situation better than anyone else, so do what is best for you always. Thank you so much and enjoy this episode. There are endless positive and negative aspects that any friendship could have. I'm a firm believer that for someone to be in my life, they have to bring more positive than negative qualities into my life because no one is perfect and being completely positive all the time is unrealistic. Friends can change our lives significantly. Having healthy friendships can bring many benefits to our life. The Mayo Clinic lists some of them as increase your sense of belonging and purpose, boost your happiness and reduce your stress, improve self-confidence and self-worth, help you cope with traumas such as divorce, serious illness, job loss, or death, and encourage you to change your unavoid healthy lifestyle habits. They also go on to say that there are physical health benefits such as low rate of depression, high blood pressure, and an unhealthy BMI. People with healthy, thriving friendships have also been found to live longer than those who lack connection. This article goes on to talk about how to make friends and nurture your friendships, and it's very wholesome and informative, so I would encourage you to read it if you want, but that's not what we're going to be talking about right now. The benefits that I spoke about can have the reverse effect when these friendships become harmful. Not everyone is going to be friend material, and because these people have a genuine impact on our well-being, it's best to discern ASAP if they're good or bad company. We must find the difference between our ambivalent friends and our true friends. Ambivalent friends, or friends who have contradictory qualities, according to a 2014 study, have been found to be bad for our physical health, including increased heart rate and anxiety levels. And people can also change. 
sometimes it can be hard to accept that fact. And just because you've known this person for over 10 years does not mean that you have to put up with someone that is doing you harm. I'm going to start off with the red flags so that we can end on a more positive note. And my number one is that they're over competitive. This is one of the biggest things that has hurt my friendships in the past. A little bit of competition in some cases can be healthy and fun, but it can be a slippery slope, especially if you don't even know that you're in a competition. If they're always one-upping you when accomplishing something, diminishing your wins, or always having this underlying tone of you're not good enough and I always need to be better, then they might just be using you to validate their own insecurities. The next red flag is envy. But let's start by making clear the difference between envy and jealousy. Jealousy refers to the thoughts or feelings of insecurity, fear, and concern over a relative lack of possessions or safety. If someone is flirting with your boyfriend, you might feel jealous because you could lose him. Envy, on the other hand, is an emotion that occurs when a person lacks another's quality, skill, achievement, or possession and either desires it or wishes that the other lacked it. You are envious of the girl that is flirting with your boyfriend because you should be the one that's making him laugh like that, not her. Jealousy is about fear of losing something and envy is about not wanting someone to have something because it should belong to you instead. I find it super ironic that Olivia Rodrigo wrote an entire song perfectly describing envy and named it Jealousy. Envy is... I think the most dangerous red flag someone can have. It can go a long way and spin out of control for some people. It can even lead to dangerous situations. So really watch out for this one. The next red flag is, of course, gaslighting. Gaslighting is a bad quality to have in all relationships. I've told this story before on a video I made on my YouTube channel about this topic, but I privated that video a long time ago, so I'll tell it again. During first semester of university, there was a girl in my group, because we were still separated into groups, that had a very public relationship with this guy from a different group. He had been seen laying down on one of the couches in the common rooms in the school with another girl. And when the girl from my group was asked about it by someone else, she tried to play it off super cool and said that she trusted him completely and that she wasn't going to stand between him and his friends. I guess she said this trying not to come off as a jealous girlfriend. One day, I was sitting in a different common area when he and his group of friends came over and sat next to me. Literally right next to me. Like, we could have been touching arms. One of his friends asked him what was going on with his girlfriend and what about the girl that he was cuddling with and this idiot (laughs) began talking about how he was cheating on his girlfriend and almost bragging to his friends that he didn't really take her seriously right in public next to me. And it's not like he was trying to whisper or hide the fact that he was talking about it either. Because it was still very early on in the semester, I didn't really know her well, but we had begun to hang out a few times and she had talked about how much she really liked him. So eventually I told her what he had said and she kind of went ballistic. 
She accused me of being jealous, not hearing him properly, and wanting to sabotage her relationship. As if I wanted that dude? Ew. I was super taken aback and just dropped it and let it be. A few weeks later, she caught them doing something, I can't remember what, and they broke up. For whatever reason, I stayed friends with her, and many years later, when we were out with another friend of mine, I brought up the incident in a lighthearted way, and this girl looked me dead in the eyes and said, I didn't do that. I believed you right away and I broke up with him. What are you talking about? Mad that I even accused her of doing something like that. I was absolutely speechless. And I guess the look on my face was enough because my other friend was like, ooh. The part that stuck with me the most, and I remember it clear as day, is that her tone was so aggressive and offended as if I just insulted her in the worst way imaginable. That was the final wake-up call after many years of absolutely vile behavior, and I ended our friendship really quickly after that. The next red flag is they isolate you. Isolation is a form of control. They can do this by maybe bad-mouthing a romantic partner or other friends. If, for whatever reason, you find yourself slowly distancing yourself from close people in your life over this friend, then that is a huge red flag that they're not healthy. Someone who is healthy does not feel threatened or jealous of the other people in your life. They should be happy that you have a sense of independence and are your own person. Up next, everything is about themselves and their wants. The purpose of a relationship is to have give and take. Not everything can always be perfectly equal, but you have the right to be heard and understood as much as you do for others. If they always dominate the conversation, ask you for favors and time when they don't give it back, or only show up when it's convenient for them, then it's a sign that they're not the ones for you because they don't value you or your time. In middle school, I was a part of a mean girls trio. Our Regina George, and shout out to her if she ever listens to this, I hope you've matured as well, was this white girl that could do no wrong in the eyes of almost everyone. Keep in mind that us other two were a Mexican and a black girl. I do want to clear up that even though people who remember that would say that I was a Gretchen, I see myself much more as a Katie, and our other friend was the version of Janice when she was still friends with Regina, but whatever. She was the kind of girl that all the adults thought was super sweet and the perfect kid, but deep down, she was pretty evil and cruel. And yet, she had enough charm in her that everyone pretty much just accepted the fact that she was untouchable. I guess it's a middle school thing, but we catered to her every wish. The friendship revolved around her and how perfect she was and we were just her little minions. And there was little to no respect for our own interests. It was a monopoly, and I am definitely not proud of the things I did in order to get validation from that group, but I will never be caught in that dynamic again. Finally, we have peer pressuring friends. These people are not your friends. Under no circumstances should someone be pressuring you into doing something that you're not comfortable with. I think that people pressure others into doing something bad because it helps them to feel less alone and therefore less guilty about partaking in that activity. It creates a sense of comfort when it's done in a social setting. Peer pressure is a really difficult thing to navigate through because 
We're hardwired to crave social acceptance because it's a survival mechanism. Not only that, but there is indirect and unspoken peer pressure that can be hard to discern. You're also more likely than not being put on the spot to make a decision, and in those cases, saying yes seems like a much easier response than no. I will make an entire episode on this topic, but the point is that those people do not care about your well-being. Their reasons are entirely selfish, and they have not put any thought into what the consequences for you might be. There is something called positive peer pressure, but it's very important not to get it mixed up with disrespect. Positive peer pressure is encouragement and support rather than persuasion. And please remember that abuse of any kind is not a red flag. It is a human rights violation and is inexcusable in any context. It's crazy to me that after school ended, time and time again, my so-called close friends didn't show up when I really needed them, but the friends that I wasn't that close to did. I was super surprised and it really made me take a step back as I mentioned in the beginning and I realized that the problem was me. I clearly wasn't good at choosing friends anymore and I needed to reevaluate what kinds of people I was letting into my life and why. After years of doing some inner work, I finally came up with what I wanted in a real friendship. To me, there is nothing more amazing and fulfilling than a solid female friendship. They can understand us in ways that no one can and can be some of the only people that we can see as social equals. I am always looking for new friends and when I do, these are the qualities that are crucial for me to see in them. Number one and the biggest one for me is genuineness. It's a non-negotiable for my friends and in essence, the inverse of the competitive friend. Genuineness inspires trust, confidence, and sincerity. A good friend genuinely wants you to be happy, to succeed. They see you as an equal, not above or below. They truly want good things for you because they don't see you as a threat. They have no ill will or ulterior motives to being friends with you. Your company really does make them happy and they love to uplift you in your wins or losses. Their authenticity and vulnerability brings out the best in you and leaves you feeling better than before. My second green flag is loyalty. You know that you can share things with them because they are trustworthy and won't go blabbing your business elsewhere. They understand the importance of this friendship and appreciate your vulnerability. They're also open and honest with you because they reciprocate the trust you have with them. The next one is understanding and empathy. They have these towards everyone they come across and not just people that they have something to gain from. In other words, they're actually good people. They show compassion for the world around them, which in turn, they do for you as well. They listen to you and aren't quick to judge you or make you feel bad. And that leads us to the next one, which is we share morals and beliefs. This one is quite an obvious one, but no less important. When having the same outlook on life, you can feel accepted and seen. You can act your natural self around them and you never feel judged. Though this doesn't mean that they won't call you out when they see you making bad decisions. If they uphold those morals and beliefs, then that means they don't just give you a free pass for anything. You can also have in-depth conversations about a lot of things because 
you understand each other. Our fifth green flag is that they take accountability. This can look like a lot of different things. They can show you that you're a priority in their life and they care. They maintain balance in the relationship and they show up. All friends are bound to have disagreements sometimes. Healthiness comes not from avoiding them, but from how they're resolved. A good friend communicates their feelings well and takes accountability for their actions. They recognize your feelings and apologize when necessary. A genuine apology shouldn't be a debate. And our last one is they respect your boundaries consistently. I understand that this is the bare minimum, but it's important to reiterate. No is no, and that's okay. Opposite to peer pressuring friends, they recognize your boundaries and are happy you set them. They don't take boundaries as a personal attack on them, and they understand that they're necessary in all healthy relationships. This extends to all kinds of things like alcohol amount preferences, how much you're willing to share about your life, physical touch, how you manage your time, and so on and so forth. You don't feel weird saying you can't hang out, spending time with your other friends, or asserting your opinions. On top of all of this, one thing that I wanted to talk about was not being able to outright see any red flags, but you don't feel good when being around them, which in itself is a red flag. I've had some encounters with people that just don't feel right. I mean, they're nice and friendly, but when I'm with them, my gut feels uncomfortable and I'm not clicking with a person. The biggest signal of this is that when the interaction is over, my energy feels drained. My other friends might like that person and I'm happy for them, but through self-validation, I know that these things are true. One, I'm entitled to my own feelings, thoughts, and opinions about a person. Two, just because I have those feelings, thoughts, and opinions doesn't mean that I'm going to treat them any less or be rude to them. And three, it is completely okay that their friendship and companionship aren't for me. If my friends are going to hang out with this person, that's great. I'm not going to avoid him, her, or deny myself going out because of this person. They haven't done anything to me and I can hang out when necessary, but it won't be a priority to me to get to know them better or spend quality time. Not everyone is meant to be your friend, even if they're seemingly nice, because those uncomfortable feelings may be intuitive signs that remind you unconsciously of another person or event that wasn't good for you. And your body recognizes that, but your mind just interprets it as a feeling you can't quite put your finger on. Again, don't feel pressured by others to do something you're not comfortable with. Learn to stand up for yourself. It doesn't have to be aggressive. If your friend asks what you think of them and you feel comfortable enough to share it, it can be something like, she was very nice, but I don't think we click. And that's okay. Hopefully, this won't be taken as an attack because it's not. So when is it time to dump a friend? The publication self defined five steps or questions to consider before ending it. First, it is unfair to hold someone accountable that doesn't even know that there is a problem to begin with. Communication is extremely important, and if there's something wrong, then you must speak what's on your mind. Giving someone a chance to change their behavior is expected. These conversations are an opportunity to grow, connect, and understand each other better. Step number two is deciding if breaking the friendship is the best solution. Sometimes people's lives shift and their priorities must change. 
Maybe it could be good to change your expectations of the friendship instead of completely ending it. The next step would be to define why you are trying to keep this friendship going. There may be unhealthy reasons why you might want to hold on to this person. If the reasons are out of fear, loneliness, or obligation, then they might not be the right ones to stick around. These feelings can cloud your judgment and keep people who are unhealthy for us in our lives far longer than they should. On the other hand, if you think that this relationship just needs some catering to so that you're both back on the same page, then that's what you should strive for. Number four is to consider what the friendship is really costing you. We all have a limited amount of time and energy, so it's important to reflect on who we are giving it to. If one person is taking most or all of it up, then you might be neglecting other relationships in your life. Lastly, and the most important one in my eyes, is asking yourself, does the good outweigh the bad? This is where we really need to ground ourselves back into reality and not let nostalgia trick us into believing a bad situation is good because of some fond memories. In the last episode, we talked about something called rosy retrospection. This is a cognitive bias that makes past situations seem more positive than they actually were. Making a list of positive versus negative aspects or events can help us take our thoughts out of our heads and help us see the situations more clearly. Try to separate affection and respect. Affection can look like big presents, social media posts, or doing favors. Think Helen from Bridesmaids. Respect, on the other hand, considers your boundaries, feelings, time, and opinions. At the end of the day, you are the only one who can decide whether or not to keep someone in your life. If you're on the fence, it's time to reevaluate and think all the steps through and hopefully this has helped you a bit on how to do so. And we arrive to Ask Me Anything, the ending segment of the podcast where you can send in a question and ask me anything. Today's question is from Anonymous and they ask, how are you really? I'm doing much better than I really thought possible. And while this podcast has been such a passion project, it has like uplifted my spirit again. You know, I really do this so that I can help people out there because I've mentioned this before, but the podcast space has turned into some really just sour. It has turned ugly and I wanted to bring the complete opposite energy to that. You know, just very accepting, peaceful, and um, wholesome. (laughs) So I hope that I'm doing that. And uh, yeah, how are you guys doing actually? I think that's a good question to ask ourselves from time to time as well as other people. So thank you so much for your question. If you want to send one in, you can do so by sending an email to girlwisepod at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening. I will see you in the next episode. Bye!